Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. So Practice Manager webinar, usual format. We're delighted to have Michelle and Lisa and Dawn all together and with me today, which is lovely. So we've got, as I say, packed agenda as usual, and I'm actually going to um, start off um, talking about a little bit of training. So I'm just going to take you through something that you may well know about. It's quite new, but you may not know about it. But we just wanted to draw your attention to something that's sort of come out um, in the last few days. So this is the Oliver McGowan training. So Oliver McGowan was a teenager who died in 2016, very tragically, after being given some um, antipsychotic medication he was known to be intolerant to. And the training is part of the government's right to be heard commitments to make sure everybody, um, who, whoever they are, has got absolute rights to good care as well as anybody else. So obviously this, this um, gentleman was autistic and it's all about um, autism and learning disabilities. The training is for all in health and social care, and the training will be standardised and accredited. And the requirement for this training is set out in the Health and Social Care Act. Um, and we're expecting in 2023 that there's going to be a code of practice put in, in addition to the Health and Social Care Act. Um, and the government has introduced a requirement for CQC to make sure all registered service providers receive learning disability and autism training, and they're calling it mandatory. So the training is at the moment, and this is what's been released over the last few days, is via e-learning for health, a free training package, which takes one and a half hours. And everybody working in healthcare should do that. And you can see the list of the contents there. And after you've done this um, hour and a half e-learning, the idea then is if you're in tier one, so you're not delivering patient, direct patient care. So that's obviously the admin team, the receptionist team, um, secretaries, um, perhaps managers, any management. We'll need then to do tier one training, which is not available yet. And that will be an hour interactive session. Everybody delivering direct patient care would need to do a day's face-to-face -face training. If you are delivering direct patient care and you do tier two, you don't have to do tier one as well. And I can imagine you all saying, oh, my goodness, we don't have time to do this. So we have, all I'm trying to do at the moment is give you the information. So at the moment, the free e-learning package is out there. There's these levels, tier one and tier two, that they are not available yet. And everybody says they are due 2023. So on the CQC website, and I've just done this half an hour ago to see what CQC is saying at the moment, and they're saying that they recognise the Oliver McGowan training. It's the government's preferred training. They say updates will be available for Health Education England, and there's a link to that there. Um, I don't know, we don't know, whether CQC will expect practices to have started to access the e-learning straight away or whether they're going to wait till the Tier 1 and the Tier 2 trainees out as well. We just don't know. The tier one and the tier two training, this comes under the ICBs and they're being supported to develop the training capacity across England. There's look, because it's accredited and standardized, a lot of this training, the package, they want all the trainers to have the same training and using the same materials. So that, and they're putting, I say they, the government are putting this under the ICB's responsibility. So each ICB will be making its own decisions about how it organises and prioritises the training. So all I'm trying to do today is be aware of it, 
you might want to contact your ICB and say, I understand this is coming out. What are we supposed to do? What are your suggestions? Be alert to anyone trying to sell you a training package, because at the moment it's all being very carefully controlled. As I said, it's standardized accredited training. So the only one that, as as far as I'm aware, that's been endorsed by Health Education England is the e-learning for health one, and that's free. And if you have got a CQC visit coming up, I would just suggest it might be wise. We've discussed this into the management team this morning. We thought it might be wise that you note down somewhere that you acknowledge this training is out there. You acknowledge that that everybody in health and social care, so everybody in your practice will, will need to do some from the information you've been given. We will get advice from the BMA on this and see what they suggest. Um, Laura Edwards, one of our CEOs, is just working out how many hours of time this will be for GPs and how many days this will be for GPs. And we absolutely appreciate what a considerable amount of time it will take. So we're going to get some advice from the BMA as to what they suggest anybody does now. We've got a meeting. So Dawn, Lisa and Michelle will be meeting with CQC next week. And they're going to put this on the agenda to say, actually, what are you doing about this at the moment? Are you expecting practice to do anything? Are we waiting? What's going on? We will also, as an LMC, we meet regularly with all the ICBs across our patch, the four across our patch. We will ask them for what's happening and we will keep you up to date of the progress. And then just at the end, there are just a few other resources there. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen. There might well be some questions um, for that. So let me just have a little look. Um, so first one, will it be available on Bluestream? I understand it is available on Bluestream. One of the practice managers I was talking to yesterday said it was. I don't know whether Bluestream access e-learning for health and it's all the same thing. So I just don't know about that. All I know is just be aware that it has to be a question standard. And this is very new news. So we just might. So um, I imagine it will be available on Bluestream. I think it is. But I'm not sure whether it's the same as e-learning for health package. Um Okay, Susanna, I don't know the answer, whether the autumn awareness is the same on Bluestream as it is um, the Oliver McGowan train. The word that is even in the health and social care is all about the Oliver McGowan standardised training. So I would just make sure that you do understand. It could well be, I mean, we've had some, you know, we do some autism training, we've done some autism webinars before any of the Oliver McGowan information was out. So all I'm saying is it doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. And it's obviously better to do something than nothing, but I can't say that that is the standardised and accredited training. Um, Oh, Jenny says tier one, tier two is already available. I'm not sure that is even for health is already showing as tier one and tier two, but a lot of that is interactive. So I'm not sure, Jenny, whether they've really finalised that yet. But it's 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 very much a moving a moving field at the moment. Um, so as I say, we'll be getting some more advice. We'll be sharing more with you. But I would just say, just be aware, um, keep an eye on it, and note down any decisions you make at team meetings, senior team meetings, as to what you intend to do. Um, but it is for the whole team. Um, and, and nobody is obviously in any doubt that it's really important that autism training and learning disability training is absolutely important. Um, but it looks like this is, there's quite a lot of time commitment to this. And we just want to make sure that you um, do the right things in the right way with your, with your staff. So there are lots and lots of calls on people's time at the moment. 
So I don't think there's anything else I particularly want to share on that. Unless anybody else wants any questions or Dawn, Michelle and Lisa think I've missed out on anything. They want me to go over anything. So, but just do come back. We've got a page on the website, which we're keeping up to date all the time. And um, do come back to us and ask us any questions. If, if we don't know the answer, we'll find out. I know various different ICPs are starting to have conversations, but it really is early days. So that's just really a heads up for everybody, which I hope will be, will be helpful. Okay, so I think now we're handing over to Dawn and you're going to talk a little bit about um, accelerated access to patient records. Thank you. Thanks, Louise. Um, yes, back to the uh, thorny issue as it is at the moment of accelerated access to patient records and um, something we became aware of um, well, last night, first thing this morning. And um, one to be aware of, if you use uh, PCN hubs, um, which we understand some PCN hubs use TPP system one PCN hubs for extended access and other services. Um, now, if you use this, um, you do need to be aware that patients aren't registered with the hub unit itself. So the staff who are using the hub unit can't hide any entries from online view should it be necessary. They would actually need to send a task back to the um, appropriate practice for someone there to do that, which, of course, completely negates everything about hiding from on, shouldn't say hiding, sorry, redacting from online access. Um, it's going to cause additional workload and the time lag between sending the task, of course, the patient could have already seen something. Um, this is something the BMA have been made aware of, um, and they did say they would update as soon as they uh, have any further news on that. But we wanted to make anybody aware that is using the TPP system one PCN hub that this could be an issue. Um, I'm sorry, I can't bring you better news on that at the moment. Thanks, Louise. Thanks, Dawn. That's good. Um, always to be aware. Um, I think, Lisa, you're going to um, talk a little bit about the um, network contract des. Yes, thank you, Louise. Just a brief update for me on the updates to the network contract des. Um, just to make sure that people are aware that last week, NHSE um, issued an update to the 22-23 network contract des guidance, which now contains a finance um, a new contains new finance system codes that PCNs and commissioners need to use to support payments under the DES as of first of October, first uh, of November, even just gone, including the new PCN capacity and access support payment. Um, so it was just really to make people aware if they've got any queries, they can email the England.gpcontracts at nhs.net email address. So that was it for me. Thanks, Louise. Lovely. Thank you, Lisa. Um, Dawn, we're just popping back to you for a minute. A question's come in. Um, Dawn, does this apply to PCN's hubs that have the ability to directly write back to the practice record, not via a login, but via a data sharing system? Well, that's a very good... Am I back on mute? No, well, I'm not. No, you're fine. You're good. I'm back in. Um, I don't know is the honest answer. Um, all we were made aware of, as I said, was it was about the system, TPP system one system. Um, so that's different. Now, I can certainly send that up to the BMA because obviously they're looking at this. So if we got that, it will be in our Q&A. I'll send that up as well to the BMA and check on that. Perfect. Thank you. That's helpful. Thanks, Ben, for the question. Um, Michelle, CQC. Um, thanks, Louise. So we've recently mentioned CQC, I think, on quite a number of our webinars as they're reinspecting and going back out to practices again. So we just wanted to give you a bit of an update. So we have updated this on our um, CQC webpage, so you can find this detail there. This particularly relates 
to the remote searches or the pre-inspection searches that they're undertaking within practices before they come and um, visit you. So when we, we do meet regularly with CQC and we actually want, we ask them about their expectation, particularly relating to long-term uh, conditions, management and monitoring of patients prescribed high-risk medication. And we thought we'd just share with you the update that they've given us in relation to that. So they are saying that as part of the, in relation to high-risk medicines, um, they look at how the provider ensures the proper and safe use of medicines where the service is responsible. So in accordance with the GMC guidance, good practice in prescribing and managing medicines and devices, our expectation is that before issuing a prescription, including a repeat one, we expect to see prescribers review the monitoring or know that it has been completed and can access the information showing it remains safe for the patient to receive the medicines. So we are going to update our website in relation to this and provide so you can um, review this at your, at your leisure. Um, and we also just wanted to highlight that there is an also um, a GP Mythbuster has been updated. So involving and engaging uh, with the patient population and local communities. It's Mythbuster 108. Um, and also, uh, I believe we do we have those on our website? I think we possibly do. Um, so you'll be able to access that as well. And we'll make sure we put the links to these onto um, in with the webinar so you can access them easily. Great. Thank you very much, Michelle. Um, I think we're coming back now. Oh, see, we do always put the Mythbusters, don't we, um, when they're updated um, on our website, just, just, just to let you know. Um, Dawn, we're coming back to you now, I think, for some SFE updates. Um, yes, SFE. <clears throat> so there was a new uh, statement of financial entitlements published 27th of October, um, effectively coming into um, uh, operation from the 1st of October. But primarily they do include the new updated dispensing fee scales. That's for both dispensing and non-dispensing practices. Um, and it also includes a consolidation of the VAX and IMS chapters. They've kind of done that the whole lot just to consolidate it in one place. Um, for ease of reference, that is on our website if you need a link to it or you want to have a look at it. And if you go to our website and just put in the search box, search box regulations, uh, you'll find the S all the SFEs in chronological order at the bottom. Lovely. Thank you, Tom. A bit of a tongue twister there, wasn't it? <laughs> OK, I think. Um, oh, premises, Michelle, NHSPS. Uh, yes, NHSPS. So um, just wanted to highlight that I, we are aware that NHSPS practices potentially are receiving the settlement letters again from, from NHSPS. And I know that some practices um, can get quite anxious when they receive these as they put quite tight timeframes within them. Just really wanted to highlight that um, Adam Thompson and myself are going to record a podcast in relation to this next week, um, which we'll share with um, NHSPS practices um, shortly. Really just talking through some of the pointers when you're looking to potentially seek a settlement uh, and a final position with NHSPS as some of the practices that we are working with are getting to a point where that might be possible but Adam's got some pointers on what you need to think about um, when you're doing that and what agreements and etc that you need written down so it's really clear on what you're you're signing up to so we're recording that next week and we will mail that out um to NHSPS practices. So you've got that. We've also got a frequently asked questions that's come through from the BMA in relation to the, um, the court case uh, or the, of the five practices that they've been working with, which we're also going to include within that um, information. And we're going to, I think we're going to do a special newsletter to those practices, NHSPS practices with that information in. So look out for that in the next week or so. 
That would be really useful. Thank you very much, Michelle. That's great. Um, so I think we've come to the end of our um, our list of topics today. It's been quite a quick one today. Um, and we'll send a newsletter out this week with also some other bits that um, that we think might be helpful for you. We're meeting back here in a couple of weeks' time, um, and we've got um, one of our colleagues, Joanna Welsh, one of our team, coming to join us. And she's going to talk a little bit about comms. We refer a lot to our website. Oh, it's on our website. It's on our website. And we just know it's really hard for you to sort of get the headspace to look around. So... Joe's going to share some of the um, comms that she does with patients. She's got some sort of templates that she can share with you that you can put in some own sort of access information, that's your data, um, and um, yeah, all sorts of things like that. So that should be quite useful and quite interesting for you. Um, we will record it as ever, um, so you can always watch it or listen to it later if that suits you. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Dawn. And thank you all of you who have um, been with us today. And we will see you again next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wessex LNCs, supporting you and your practice.